the Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, the Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. What is going on? Anyone and everyone who might happen to be live at this particular point in time. I was looking. Today, in the year 1909, the first automobile races were run at the just-open Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Pretty interesting that we'll land on this particular day as we're getting ready to come to the first ever weirdness as far as the running of the race is concerned. Talk about that. Uh, uno momento, por favor. So the winner of that first event was this auto engineer. His name is Louis H. Switzer, S-C-H-W-I-T-Z-E-R, Schwitzer. He drove a Stoddard Dayton touring car. I know what a touring car is. I don't know Stoddard Dayton. Uh, twice around the track, 2.5 miles, at an average speed back in that day in 1909. And this was like fast, 57.4 miles per hour and thus the Indianapolis Motor Speedway was open to automobile racing. And this coming weekend, this coming Sunday, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway will be open to, well, it won't be open. And for that reason, I call my friends in Indianapolis today. It's my friend, Tom Griswold. You may uh, remember Tom from the Bob and Tom show. Well, they're still going strong all across the nation. And I appreciate you taking the time. Come on here on WBGZ. How you doing, partner? Hey, good, Smash. How are you? I'm cool, man. No problems whatsoever. I was just wanted to talk to Tom because Tom is what I consider, at least in the way this has been purveyed over this week on the Smash Daily Show, you're just like the average guy who happens to be in Indianapolis who happens to have much, much as far as contact with the Indianapolis 500 is concerned throughout all the years. But this year... Tom, they're not allowing any contact, man. How's that playing in in the uh, Motor City? It's very unusual because ordinarily, obviously, the race is the Sunday of Memorial Weekend. Yeah. It was moved, and then they were going to have something like 65,000 people allowed in. And again, the track seats, a couple hundred thousand, plus all the people in the various parts of the grounds. And then a couple of weeks ago, they said, nope, can't have anybody in there. Yeah. So... Uh, things are a lot different. They're actually going to broadcast the race on NBC as it happens. Of course, they do that internationally and nationally, but they usually don't have it in Indy Live. They mm-hmm. play it that night. They do the tape delay, whatever yeah, you call it now. Right. So it's a different thing. And The city doesn't have the feel that it ordinarily has. You yeah. don't see a lot of checkered flags driving around. It doesn't have the, the, the uh, community 
effect that it ordinarily has to have an event this big because they just they can't have people there but yeah the guys are on the track and they're killing it they're going super fast yeah what was it 233 miles per hour is that the pole yeah it's uh, and it's uh, actually um marco andretti the grandson yeah. of the great mario andretti and yeah. the son of the great michael andretti uh-huh. now his dad michael never won it um probably the best racer to never win it yeah but uh marco's got a good shot and he's um uh, so that's very exciting. Plus, uh, Mr. Roger Penske is now the owner of the Speedway. Yes, that's he right. He purchased it from the George family, and that's he's poured a ton of money into it. It's a shame that no one gets to really see it, mm-hmm. except on TV. The coverage on NBC will be unbelievably I'll good, bet. though. They've got cameras everywhere, so it should be a terrific, terrific thing to watch on TV. Do you think people are going to put, uh, I guess they will, but I mean, for, for what reason would they put an asterisk by the winner's name? You think they'll put that by the winner's name, not only because of uh, the COVID type of race, but because this is not your normal 500, but at the same time, it's 500 miles, you know? Yeah, I think they won't. I I think they'll do that for baseball. Yeah. I think they'll do it for basketball and hockey and soccer and the WNBA, et cetera, et cetera, because they've got shortened season. Things are different. The race will be the race. There'll be no really unusual things. A friend of mine was telling me today, the, the press area and what they call the pagoda at the track mm-hmm. is absolutely enormous. And typically there'd be hundreds of people up there, yeah. press from all over the world. They're only going to have a handful. They're only allowing a handful of people in there to cover it. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends who is a part of the radio network uh, actually isn't going to be part of it this year because they wanted to reduce the number of people yeah. that they actually have in there dramatically. So. Mm-hmm. They'll be, instead of being the usual several hundred thousand, there'll be a couple thousand people in there all distanced and wearing the masks. How about uh, Calabro? He's still uh, doing his thing over there. He is. Dave Calabro is the absolute dean of sports broadcasters here in town. And he is, I have lived in lots of places and seen lots of broadcasters. He is absolutely first class. He is a great human being and a terrific television guy. Well, I know that you hang out at the Snake Pit, walk the uh, you know gasoline alley or whatever they call it nowadays. But back in my day, there was one woman who stood out from all of them, and that was Linda. I know where this is going. This yeah, is, Linda I'm, talk, I'm talking about Linda Vaughn. Is there a modern day Linda Vaughn? Tom Griswold, Bob and Tom. I ask you. Well, that's a great question. I think the answer is probably no. Yeah, I know it. Um, those were different times. They were. Back in those days, the Snake Pit, which was then in turn one, was kind of an underground thing. Now they have an actual Snake Pit that's sanctioned by the track. Yeah. Um, And during the actual race now, they would, obviously not this year, but they have huge screens broadcasting both the race, and then they'll have concerts going on during the race. Yeah. People not familiar with Indianapolis Motor Speedway really don't realize how big it is. It's a a two-and-a-half-mile oval. Mm -hmm. There's actually a golf course a portion of which is inside the confines of the track. Right. It is absolutely enormous. It's one of the fastest tracks in the world. It's Imagine if you were going to a, um, a baseball game in St. Louis and you multiplied a sold-out house times six. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's, that's a good it's, analogy. It's hard to imagine. It's the most, I believe it's the largest sporting event with respect to attendance in the world. Mm-hmm. Boy, so it's it's going from that to zero. But again, it, it, the broadcast will be absolutely stellar. 
It should the technology. The yeah. technology with the cameras is amazing, and the cars this year are a little bit different. They have kind of a windshield combing thing to protect the drivers a little mm-hmm. more. So I think you may see one of the fastest races ever. Wow, that would be something, man. Because uh, what they're doing does up to this particular point in time. Because I've seen them all the years, man. Before Bob and Tom came to, came to Indianapolis. I was running around Indianapolis just watching that thing grow, man. We'd be in the snake pit, and guys, we we create big mud puddles so that guys could jump their bikes over the mud puddles and everything. And it's like, that was entertainment back then, but now it's a much well, more to, sophisticated they, thing. They used to do the slip and slide. Yeah. They'd get a big area of mud, and the problem right. would be guys would get drunk, do the slip and slide, run into broken bottles, yeah, and end up in the yeah. in the Speedway hospital getting massive gashes on their legs clean, cleaned up. Right it up. has been traditionally quite the drunken party. Yes. Now typically the Friday before the race, uh historically it was on Thursday, they moved it to Fridays a while back. Uh-huh. It's called Carb Day, Carburation Day, and that's a massive party. Yeah. And every year they have huge bands. I think this year I think it was going to be REO. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's had to be canceled. The parade's been canceled. And like I said, used to be if in the month of May in Indy, you'd drive around town, you'd see checkered flags everywhere. You'd walk in a grocery store, and there'd be the driver, a statue of the driver's one of those cardboard things holding right. the thing of beer or whatever. Right. That's not really happening, uh, unfortunately. Uh, part of this COVID thing is a, just kind of a an unfortunate aspect of it is that some of the commercial stuff that, that helps a lot of people sure. isn't happening. Let me ask uh, from your perspective, because you're there in Indianapolis. I am to live there in a long, long time. But, you know, at the end of the race, it, it, at least in my day, they they drink, you know, like a, a half gallon of milk or whatever it was. But nowadays, what they do is they pour it on top of themselves and they don't drink it. Do you think over the years that a lactose intolerance has come over the drivers to such an extent they can no longer drink the winning drink? They take a sip. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny about that. All right, that's part of that's part of this the, the dairy association. It's a great tradition when the winner accepts the uh, Borg Warner Trophy. Yes, it is one of the great traditions in in all sports. But each of the drivers is uh, each one of the, each one of the thirty three is asked prior to the race in the event that they win, what kind of milk do they want? Yeah, the options I believe are uh, whole milk, skim milk, right. And I think either cream or two or two percent. Uh, you cannot get chocolate. Yeah, right. Um, and years ago, there was a big controversy when the great Emerson Fittipaldi from Brazil uh, had orange juice because he was a, he grows he had an, a bunch of orange groves or something back home. So because <laughs> he that had was, orange that was, groves, that was a very big deal. Yeah, uh, I bet. Yeah, the, 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 they they do the milk. I happen to be a big milk fan, particularly cream in my coffee. Yeah, real butter. So. Uh, Woo! Ooh, really? Yeah. Butter in your coffee? No, no, no. Real cream in my coffee oh, and real okay. butter on my toast. I'm thinking, who puts butter in their coffee? But why not? Why well, not? I know people that do. Yeah, no I, I do morning radio. You got to. Yeah. You, you know that. You got to do a lot of coffee. Exactly. Exactly right. So, you know, one of the things, and we got a couple more minutes here. Tom Griswold speaking with him. You know, I'm from Bob and Tom, well renowned here in the St. Louis area and all around the, well, not only the nation, but. But the world, especially with the Bob and Tom Network now online, where can people get the Bob and Tom uh, Network online, Thomas? Uh, we're, if you just Google Bob and Tom, we're also, our show now every morning is broadcast. Central time, it would be 5 to 9 on YouTube. Yeah. And then we are also on American Forces Radio worldwide. Get out of here, uh, really? 
Yeah, oh, yeah that's the military fantastic, thing. Man. And then we're Bravo. we're we're all over the place on uh, we're on we're on more than a hundred stations. Yeah. And uh, we'd love to get back on the air full time in St. Louis. We used to be in a different station there. Yeah. Had a great had a great time there. Yeah. Knocked them dead for fifteen plus years. Yes, you did. Great man. fun. Had that a good was, time. That was a KC ninety five. I was there yeah, before was you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's correct. And, and our network's still growing, and obviously um, everybody's toughing out the coronavirus sure. uh, situation. We're all trying to get through it, and we're very lucky. And you are very lucky to be working under these conditions. And yep. my, my heart goes out to those that can't. And I, I hope we can figure this all out and keep moving forward and. Have have some pleasant times, and I know that Smash, you are the great deliverer of good times, <laughs> both historically and as we speak. And I know that your fans, they get it, they get you, they know what it is you are, and uh, it's a complicated being that you are. <laughs> it's a it's a it's right a on. soul thing, yeah. And it is a good thing, and it's not something you can write down and say, oh, this is what this guy is. No, you got to check him out every day and see what's going on. And uh, tap in, see what's happening in that soul of Mr. Adam Smasher. (laughs) You know, they don't call me Adam Smasher around here, man. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Salute to you, man. I I said that in honor of our friend, the great Toby Myers. Oh, definitely so. Definitely so. Toby, the former bass player for Mr. Mellencamp, the great band Roadmaster, which you were a part of. Yep. I I was reading that uh, Toby one time dubbed you Adam Smasher. The mighty Adam Smasher. A very long evening of probably drinking or God knows what. Uh, we were playing so. uh, in Chicago at a place called Rush West, a uh, different version of Rush Up, which was uh, in downtown Chicago, and woke me up in the middle of the night, said, I got a perfect name for your stage name. What is it? The Mighty Adam, A-D-A-M, Smasher, and it's stuck from there. And, uh, you know, wow. it's fantastic. Great. I was able to uh, create a career off of that whole deal, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and I want everybody to send their positive vibes out to Toby. Yes, exactly right. right. Exactly right. But he's back home. He's back home with Roberta, so that's uh, that's good news. And she's helping to take care of him and everything. Uh, Tobe had a stroke, and uh, he's now recuperating from that, and he's uh, a whole lot better than he was. I visited him down at the Bloomington uh, Indiana University Hospital, and he has come out of that strong, bone tells me. And so... We keep on rolling. That's all we can do. One last question on the 500, and I appreciate you taking the time. Why do you think they didn't allow anybody in the stands when they could have sat them in little, you know, six-person sections, let's say if you're there with a group, or sat them six feet away from each other like, uh, who was it? I think it was uh, NASCAR did that. I think it's because it's, it's getting in and out. Yeah. And people on buses. And I just think that it would have been the largest gathering uh, probably on earth since COVID kicked in, if they had even I'll bet. whatever, uh, yeah. 70,000 people there, whatever. I, I just bet. think that Clearhead said, look, let's not take a chance. We've got a great event. We've got television. We'll get to it again if we can, of course, next May. Uh, I don't know if there was pressure from the governor or anybody else higher than that, but I just think that – if you if you look at it and you go sure they could have all these people six feet apart, mm-hmm. I just think it's like the getting in the getting out. If you if you've ever gone into it, if you've ever walked into the track, it gets real backed up and bottlenecked, and yes. people would be real close to one another, and they'd probably also be shouting and screaming, and that gets what they call the aerosols into the air, which are pretty yeah. dangerous. You know, I got arrested so. at the track one time. Uh, it was spectacular. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was that uh, little. <laughs> it was called that that mini. Fo- 
many thing that the, the race from the circle all the way to the speedway. And wow. you know, it's not a race, it's a marathon or wherever they got. Anyway, so I am working for WNAP at the time. And so I wanted to interview people as they were running. And so I got on my bike, it was a Yamaha 750, I think it was. And I strapped my cassette deck and had the mic and I'm holding the handle with one hand, left hand, and the mic with the other. So interviewing people, then we get to the track and they tell you, do not go on the track. Just follow the runners. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I was rebellious at the time. I said, I'm never going to get the opportunity to run the Indianapolis 500 track. So instead of going straight, I took off to the right into the third turn, into the fourth turn, across the bricks. They came chasing me, <laughs> and they did the speedway cops, arrested me and everything. I got off because I was a smash and was working at the radio station and all that, but, boy, did I get some big-ass reprimand off of that whole deal, man. It was spectacular. I appreciate you well, taking the time to talk here. That's well, a good fella and one of the great entertainers. Definitely a show business mind right there. That is Tom Griswold from Bob and Tom. I appreciate you taking the time, my man. Oh, say hi to your fans, Smash. Oh, You're the best. Same to you, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. All right, Great. bye. So long. Bye. If getting a nasal swab to test for COVID-19 makes you cringe, here's some good news. A new test could use your saliva instead. The FDA has granted emergency authorization for the saliva direct test. Researchers from the Yale School of Public Health developed it, and it appears to be fairly accurate, cheap, and fast. And it doesn't require the use of swabs, which have been in short supply. The NBA actually funded the test development. They've already used it alongside traditional nasal swabs inside the bubble. Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. The sun is shining, come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. We're going to the promised land. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready. I thought I'd play that right there because you don't have to have the Q-tip stuck all the way up your nose no more. They can, on, they can do the COVID test based on saliva. Hey, I got to throw some Judy Garland in there. Come on, let's get happy because we got a heavy subject coming up next here. All right. Going to talk homelessness, but you're going to dig it because we're going to awaken you to situations that you may not have understood to this particular point in time. Standing six foot one, weighing. Are you out of your freaking mind? Five, cranking out the jams and running his route. Everybody knew he didn't play no crap. The smash, the smash, big bad smash. Smash, smash, digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash. Smash, smash, 
That little black right there, man. What a great song that is. I need a dollar. I'll tell you what, that can go to any level of your economic structure, depending on your situation. i never forget when my situation went bad about 13, 14 years ago. And thank you, Jesus. It's building back up. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for WBGZ. Thank you, Lord, for the people. Thank you, Lord, for my my friend Holly. Triple J, I love you. And I tell you what, we all need a dollar. We all need at least a dollar just to help us on whether that dollar is in the form of a 10 spot, a 20 spot, a 50 spot, a $100 bill of Benjamin. All right, we all need a dollar. And I tell you, ain't one thing that honestly I understand disease and I understand hurts and all that, but boy, homelessness, that is tough. I've been homeless three times in my life, once by myself for about six months, and then um, twice with my family. But uh, thank you, Lord. We had family who took us in. (laughs) I'll never forget. First time we moved to Phoenix because we were homeless in Indianapolis. Uh, We lived on the second uh, floor. Took the whole second floor of my wife's sister's house. And, uh, hey, Lord takes care of you, you know. Lord's never let me fall. Thank you, Lord. So I've been talking about homelessness all this week, mainly because I just kind of like on Monday had some memories about what it's like and what the hurts are uh, all about. So I thought, you know, there's people out there who are experiencing or have experienced that, that same thing. And there's organizations out there and folks out there to help. And so let me see who <clears throat> who those folks might be. Today, we're going to Centerstone. And she is a health home counselor. This is Leanna Webb. Ms. Webb, how you doing there, kid? Are you there? There you go. Ms. Webb, are you there? Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I am. Oh, there you go. Okay. Hey. I thought for a second the machine had got me. But no, <laughs> here, here we are. Pardon me for snorting. Hey, you as a Centerstone Health Home Counselor, 
Health home counselor means what? You go to the people's homes? What's exactly mean that, that you do? I actually um, I sit, I actually have an office at Centerstone, mm-hmm. and people actually come to me for therapeutic sessions to work out yeah. things that they may be dealing with. Yeah. So that's entitled what I do. But I also work with the homeless community. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've been out in the community helping them in ways and different fashions of yeah. um providing them just shelter, food, and other ways of means of life. Well, when it comes to shelter, luckily we're in the summertime, and so sometimes, you know, people say, it's like like me. Uh, I used to work in Washington, D.C. at D.C. 101 Radio, second floor. We looked across the way, and in the alcoves of the buildings, the business buildings across from us during the winter, the folks would sleep on top of each other. And that's how they kept warm and everything. And I guess in the summer, you don't have to worry about that stuff. You sleep wherever you're going to sleep. You're going to be warm. But, uh, man, I said to myself, you know, if that ever is me, and it did wind up being me, I'm going to go someplace where it's warm. And that's why I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, enjoyed uh, my time there and everything. But, man, it is such a situation because you, as a counselor, got to listen to people's stories. So... What do you say to help pick up, to help lift up, to help elevate the mood, the mindset of somebody who comes in and says, for no reason, our company decided to downsize, and not because of me, but because of this fat cat who is up there in the executive level, and he made a bunch of bad decisions as far as how to run the company's concerned. So now the company has to work at a loss, and part of that, is we got to get rid of some people. So all of a sudden, I've lost my job. And the thing that society and the government has made us do is live paycheck to paycheck, the normal human being. Paycheck to paycheck. And this guy just lost everything, sees no hope for the future. How are you counseling that guy, Mr. Webb? Well, um, I'm, I'm, I want to put hope into him. There you I go. don't want him to feel that he's hopeless there because there's no such thing as hopeless. Mm-hmm. You, you have opportunities. You just have to find a way to redirect yeah. them to see that. Yep, exactly right. Now, how about the, the, the mom who comes in, a single mom, let's say, and she got a, a kid or two with her. Now, that's a whole different story at not only despondency, but also for a hope for the future. How do you handle that? Well, with a single mom, I mean, you still you still wanting to give them hopefulness, but you also want to give them positive reinforcement and insurance that there is a will and there is a way, and that even though it's not just her, it's about her children as well. And so we want to make sure that we give her all the resources that we can to help them both out in whichever way we can, whether it's employment, whether it's housing, whether it's things and resources for the kids, for like back to school, yeah. I mean, any way possible to help, but I will, I'm always about giving the positivity and giving a different aspect on a different perspective of how you can look at things because mm-hmm. it's all, not always the worst of the worst, even though the situation at that time may make you feel like it. Is there a way people might be able to get to Centerstone over the phone, over the Internet, and present themselves for consideration and the kind of help that uh, you guys put forth? Yes, sir. Um, if anyone has a phone, we can be contacted at one. And as soon as you get there, there will be prompts to help you get to who you're looking, the services Mm -hmm. that you're looking for and needed at that time. And if you're needing to have access to the Internet or the web, then we're at 
www.centerstone.org. Centerstone.org. I'm writing it down. O-R-G. Okay, what's the phone number again? I'm I'm keeping it for myself because you never know. (laughs) You (laughs) never know. You you know, and we're we're, we're opening, we're welcoming everyone if you need that help. Then, hey, come give us a call. It's 1 877 467 3123. And you know, one of the things you got to deal with, I think, I know from my own experience, is when you go talk to people like you, people who can help, health home counselors, as at least you were titled here, you got to deal with almost these folks coming at you with a level of shame, shame that's come on them from their own mindset, even though they didn't do nothing wrong. They just happened to be in a situation that called for their job to go away. And thus, by their job going away, all of a sudden their life has changed. How do you deal with getting people out of shame? Well, it, there are steps and different kind of therapeutic aspects of things that we can do to try to get them from there. But mm-hmm. it's all more so them. You have to get yeah. them out of that spot That's because right. they feel like this is where I am and no one can get me out of it. Yeah. So a lot of the things that I try to work with when I do it is I try to get them to feel like I can do better. Mm-hmm. So it's the steps and the process of making building them up to see that this, this is not a shameful thing. This happens to people every day. Yep. So you're not the first, you're not the only, and you probably won't be the last. Well, as I have often said before, and I'll say it to you, Leanna Webb, hearing you talk like that, when I come back in the next life, will you be my mommy? That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> you take care of people, kid. I, I salute you on that. Speaking of kid, I'm going to flip, flip back over to the mom with the kids. How do you counsel the children? And when I say the children, I ain't talking about the little three or four-year-old. I'm talking about that, that one kid that's in that transitionary age, right about 10 to 12, you know, and he's got a mind, she's got a mind as to what is happening, but she don't understand it. How do you deal with the kids on that? Well, you have to just take it to, I mean, we all have a kid in us. It's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. So you have to be able to go back to your kid and try to be relatable mm-hmm. so that you're talking in terms where they understand. But you also want to make them feel comfortable with speaking to you because some kids are in their own spot. They don't yeah. feel comfortable talking to everyone, especially during that age. That's right. And so they're still trying to learn themselves, still trying to understand what they're going through along with whatever their mother is going through. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot that you have to a lot of steps to get to that. Well, once you get them comfortable and open enough to talking to you, then you actually allow them to speak and be themselves and be open and honest with you and how they feel and what they're thinking and what they feel could, you know, whatever their input would yeah. be for making life better for them. She's a health home counselor. Center Stone, the name of the organization. Leanna Webb is this young lady's name. 877 467 3123-877-467-3123 or centerstone.org. That's the ways to, to make contact, right on? Yes, sir. All right, young lady. I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and enlighten us and show folks that are are needing help that you can indeed provide help and they can find that at Centerstone. So Leanne Webb, you ever got anything going on? You need uh, some, you know, help as far as promoting is concerned because you're helping people. One of the things we say at our church is honor God, help people. So, hey, 
I'll help you out as best I can. I know we here at WBGZ, we're totally community-oriented, and if we can help the community through Centerstone, then we're glad to be a part of that. I appreciate you taking the time, young lady. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right. You say hi to the ladies over there because they've helped me out before, and and uh, you're new to it, but uh, welcome to Smash Daily. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be a part of it. All right. I had a job, but the boss man let me go. He said, I'm sorry, but I won't be needing your help no more. I said, please, Mr. Boss Man, I need this job more than you know. But he gave me my last paycheck and he sent me on out the door. Well, I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Hey, hey, said I need a dollar. I tell you what, get me a great deck where I can just put my big old lounge chair on there, be looking up at the sky. Hey, that's living, my man. That's living, my girl. That's living, my child. That's living, my Lord. Oh, how'd he get that? Well, got to build it onto the house. Well, I already got one on the house, but it's kind of all rickety and everything. Same thing. That's why he called Jersey County Fence and Deck, right? 10% 10% off labor right now. If you tell me you heard it on WBGZ, that's us. All right. JCFD, Jersey County Fence and Deck, jcfdonline.com if you want to look at the work that they do. So I'm just turning you on to good people. That's Dean Comer and his crews, and they go out and they build decks, and they go out and they put fences around yards. So, well, you know, I, I'm all right with my deck right now, but, boy, I would like to have a fence around my yard, but I want to be able to look over the fence so I can see the woods behind my house, but I don't want none of the deer to be able to jump over the fence and get in my pool. They build fences that high. If it was me, I don't need a fence right now. But in the old days, I wish I'd have known Dean Comer. Man, I'd put like, I'd say a minimum 20-foot fence around the smash yard and put a moat behind it, a little tiny river-like thing, you know, a moat. And then I had me a drawbridge. And it goes down, you could hear the clanking of the horse's hoofs on the drawbridge built by Jersey County Fence of Deck and drawbridges. So I'm just saying they can build anything you want. You need a... Screened-in porch. I don't know if that's what they call them still. In my day, it was a screened-in porch. It's called a screen porch. Screened-in porch on the back of your deck to go along with your deck so that you can be there in the evening and you stay away, you know, as far as bugs, let's say. But, boy, I tell you what, you got yourself a deck. Put them uh, citronella candles out there, whatever them things are called, and you let, light them boys up, and no bugs come around. And you got a magnificent deck. Whether it's a foot off the ground, 10 feet off the ground, don't matter. It's magnificent. Why? Because you called on Dean Comer at 618-616-3326. 618-616-3326. Jersey County Fence and Deck. Well, we may have gotten a little preview of Trump's sensitive approach to police violence because this morning the president weighed in on Buffalo police violently pushing an elderly protester to the ground. 
And the man involved, Martin Gugino, is in serious but stable condition, and we all hope for his speedy and complete recovery. But Trump isn't buying the kind, fragile, old man act. No, because he tweeted, Buffalo protesters. I tell you what, for some odd reason, I don't know why, but that's from like two months ago. Because I had some new Col- Colbert for you, and it's hilarious. And he busts on Bill Clinton. Because Bill Clinton's talking about, ah, it's too bad I ain't got that. But that's not what I put in the system there. Dog the machine. Ah, the machine. Indeed, flirting with disaster. The machine to me, me to the machine. And one day, death will be known to the mechanism. Be that mechanism the machine itself or the machine that is I, Sir Smashington. So Colbert is busting on Bill Clinton. And it's Bill Clinton's birthday. He's like 74 years old. And he's busting on Bill Clinton saying, because Bill Clinton said, hey, uh, you know, the White House, the Oval Office, that was it. The Oval Office is not a place to be frolicking with people's lives and everything. And so I got to I gotta compliment Colbert because I know he's totally anti-Trump. But he said, hey, if anybody is not in a position to tell people how to work it out of the Oval Office, it's you, Bill Clinton. So I thought that was kind of funny. I thought I'd throw it in there, but for some odd reason, the machine decided to put in something from two months ago. But when it does come down to it, there's one song that does, because in the early days, Bill Clinton, they called him Slick Willie. And one of the reasons they called him Slick Willie is because you don't mess with Bill. Don't mess with Bill. That's, uh, what, about 1967, The Marvelettes right there. Magnificent. By the way, if you love that kind of music, that's part of the music that's included in the best mix of the greatest hits of the 60s and 70s. That is our sister station, My Mix, 94.3. Now, I'm looking at it over here. I'm thinking to myself, what is the deal with this uh, AOC, they call her? Cortez is her last name. I don't even remember her full name. But they got her nominating Bernie Sanders. And I'll tell you why right after you hear the nomination because they're doing the nomination at the end, of course they nominated uh, Joe Biden is going to be the representative to this time. It was a presumptive. All right. But now ain't nobody presuming no more. It is Joe, but AOC for the sake of formality, I believe it is decided to, uh, you know, be the one, at least they nominated her to nominate this. And here it is. A movement that realizes 
the unsustainable brutality of an economy that rewards explosive inequalities of wealth for the few at the expense of long-term stability for the many, and who organized a historic grassroots campaign to reclaim our democracy. In a time when millions of people in the United States are looking for deep, systemic solutions to our crises of mass evictions, unemployment, and lack of health care, in el espíritu del pueblo, and out of a love for all people, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for President of the United States of America. So that's AOC. And um, I would love to see Bernie in there, in a way. Because I am like Bernie. I'm an, I'm an old Jewish curmudgeon. That's, that's what it is. I'm half Jewish. My old man was, was Jewish, my mama. She was Greek Orthodox, so I had a little double whammy going on myself. I went to church with mom. I went to temple with my dad. And by the time I grew up, I didn't go nowhere. But I do go to family church out in the Chesterfield Valley. Now, now here's what I'm saying. This is the great Smashtradamus coming out of me, all right? Yeah, Nostradamus. Nostradamus studied my great, 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 great uncle, Smashtradamus. And I'm challenging, I'm challenging anyone to disagree with what I'm saying because I know I'm right because this is coming from the mind, channeling Smashtradamus from Nostradamus. AOC, whatever her first name, whatever her middle name, Cortez. AOC will be the next Bernie Sanders, all right? Because Bernie's done. He's of the age. He's of the time. It's over. So, Bernie, relax. Take a position in the cabinet of Joe Biden over there and enjoy yourself if that happens. But AOC is going to be the next Bernie, all right? That's the way they're going to play this whole thing. They're going to transition it. AOC, all right? Mark my words. You say, well, no, that's not going to happen because uh, Kamala Harris, uh, she's going to be president someday. Well, we don't know that. And I'm not saying that uh, AOC is going to be president, but she's gonna be, she is going to be the next Bernie Sanders. I don't know how many times I got to reinforce the fact that I have a political science degree from Indiana University, okay, so I know a few things. That's just me thinking out loud. A, uh, more of this stuff tonight. Democrats going to induct, I don't know what they call it, induct or what it is, but Kamala Harris will be inducted as the vice presidential running mate to Joe Biden. So it should be festive this evening in, in some sort of way. I felt sorry for Joe. You guys all just like manipulated yesterday to make it look like he was happy and everything. And he had his daughters, I guess, or his nieces, whoever were, and they're popping little, you know, little happy-go-lucky New Year's Eve pop-off things. And the ah, the pop-off shrapnel one, they call that stuff. I don't remember nothing no more, but I'm glad that way, too. All right. That's about it for today. Why not? All right. So, as is always, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 o'clock, right here at the place known as WBGZ. Smash daily it is. And do not forget, because I do, do not forget that the Smash Daily Podcast is available to you. So if you missed anything during the show, my man, LL Cool Low, he's put the whole thing together. And you can go to smashdaily.com and get it. You can go to altondailynews.com and find the podcast. Or you can go to Spotify, Google, 
Uh, what else? Spotify, Google, iTunes. There's a whole bunch of them. But if you go to smashdaily.com, Susan Singer, along with my man Lowe, they've put them all up right there, and boom, you got it, no problem whatsoever. Enjoy, enjoy. Here we go. Bye bye. Smash, dig the smash, smash, smash. I'm digging the smash, smash, smash. Well, that is it. You've been digging the smash, smash daily style for as long as you was able to tune in today. Performance time Monday through Friday, four to six o'clock, right here on WBGZ 107.1 FM, the Big Z. So until the next time, I am G O H N gone, so gone. I was not even here. So have yourself a good one, no matter what that one happens to be.